Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all. This is the Business Day Spotlight, your destination for African business made simple. My name is Mudiwa Gavaza, and for today, we are exploring, you know, quite an interesting uh, sector of the market, and that is uh, the insurance market. And uh, it's been one of those places where uh, some of the statistics show us that um, the African population in general, you know, is underinsured in the same way that uh, we see that over on the financial services side um, that uh, the African continent is underbanked, you know, in a general sense. And uh, one of the big players uh, that is uh, trying to tackle uh, the issue is MTN, um, Africa's largest uh, mobile operator. And they've actually been very big um, in terms of uh, their financial services business. Um, I think second only to Impesa on the continent right now, um, over 50 million customers. And one of the pieces that they are now building um, on top of just the mobile money is the insurance uh, part of their business. And that one is called IO. And uh, for today, we're going to be talking to the CEO of IO Holdings, that is uh, Marius Bota. Uh, we've uh, spoken to him before. And uh, I think the last time we spoke to him, they had just crossed uh, about uh, 10 million customers across um, you know, the countries that they're operating in. Uh, but now they're looking to say, okay, fine, um, countries like South Africa and Nigeria, uh, they're expanding into there. So it would be great to get a sense of what the business is looking like at the moment and some of the trends um, that are happening over in the sector. Marius, greetings to you today. Hi, Madewe. Thank you for having me. No, no, no. Thank you so much for being with us. Now, I, I did say that, uh, you know, this is a piece um, of, uh, you know, MTN's overall fintech strategy, but maybe you could give us um, just some insight into IO itself. You know, where do you guys fit um, in the MTN ecosystem? And then at the same time, where do you guys fit into, um, you know, the insurance sector as a whole? Let me start from an MTN perspective. So the group FinTech division of MTN has various uh, focus areas or verticals, as they call them, uh, being uh, mobile money, as you've already indicated, uh, very successful. Um, there's a bank tech uh, division, uh, there's an e-commerce division, and we, for example, are the insure tech division. And our mandate is essentially to drive uh, financial inclusion um, in the markets in which MTN operates. Um, if you look at the statistics, um, more than half of the countries in Africa still have an insurance penetration rate of less than 1%. And oh, wow. what we've realized is MTN actually is in a unique position given the uh, dominance of a mobile handset, uh, just uh, given the amount of individuals in Africa that have access to it, um, that it is in a position to start looking at broader financial services offerings. And our mandate is to grow the insurance portfolio for uh, MTN. We focus on both uh, life and hospital insurance as well as um, device insurance. Uh, some of it is still done by some of the local um, MTN OPCO teams individually um, as opposed to IO. Uh, but we do have plans to, over time, um, just... Uh, roll out more products to the local uh, opcos um, and yeah broaden the product range for the benefit of customers now as i mentioned earlier on um you know during our last discussion um you indicated that uh, io had just crossed 10 million um customers across the continent what is that uh, scope looking like at the moment 
so that number was uh, at the end of uh, the 2020 calendar year. Um, as at the end of 2021, we've enrolled about 15 million customers um, in our existing markets. So they are Ghana, Uganda, Zambia, and Cote d'Ivoire. Uh, we only launched Cote d'Ivoire towards the end of last year. It was also our first uh, French-speaking uh, country uh, that we uh, did some work in. Um, and maybe just to mention, it's very much like a subscription model. So um, it doesn't necessarily mean all 15 million customers are actively engaging every month. The premise of the model is to be as flexible as possible. And so we allow customers to, unlike a traditional insurance model, they don't have to pay their premiums every single month. And they can um, come on and go off um, as and when they have affordability. And they can buy multiple policies, um, et cetera, at the same time. Um, and so we have less than the 15 million active at any given point in time because it is a subscription model. Um, so the value really sits on the active base, but um, the enrolled customer does give us a good indicator of the attractiveness of the product um, in the markets in which we are. Um, it also gives us a sense of the opportunity to scale this business. Um, it's only in four markets that we've reached the 50 million enrollment mark. Um, and so we've got a fair amount of comfort that we can scale this business in bigger markets for MTN as well as some of the other smaller markets. And that's really uh, the challenge uh, for us as a management team is to just replicate this model um, in the other countries as well. Now, before we do get into that expansion and replicating the model in different countries, uh, maybe you could give us a little bit of insight just drilling down on um, you know, that 15 uh, million number and the different types of insurance that you said um, you guys are offering, hospital device, etc. At the moment, you know what seems to be, I guess, the big one? or the ones that are taking up the, you know the the biggest piece of the pie and is it uniform across you know your different the territories that you guys are currently in so insurance uh, remains an interesting uh, challenge i mean it's always the the notion of it's sold not bought um, and i think that remains <laughs> very true um, in all the markets in which we operate um, it's even more challenging outside of south africa because of the low um, awareness of insurance given the low insurance penetration rate so what we have on the life side is a um, life benefit and a hospital cash benefit. Um, remember that it's, um, if you look at the dispensations on the various markets, um, unlike South Africa, you don't necessarily have this clear distinction between life, medical aid, um, general insurance, investments, etc. So the licensing regimes do differ. Uh, but we have found from a tangible benefit perspective that our hospital cash product um, is the most attractive. That makes sense because it gives immediate uh, benefit value to customers if they're in an accident, um, if they have a particular illness that requires an overnight stay in hospital or for a prolonged period. Um, they can, from hospital, submit a claim by the mobile handset. Uh, we process the claim as quickly as possible and we pay them out uh, based on the uh, number of nights stay in a hospital. So that's a very attractive product across all our markets. The life benefit uh, success varies per market. So um, in a market like Ghana, uh, which is more mature, it's got a higher insurance penetration rate. There we see better uptake of um, the life benefit on a voluntary opt-in basis. Some of our other markets, um, it's less so. Um, and again, it also has to do with affordability of the, the base that we are dealing with. So when customers have to choose, they can't afford both. 
typically you would find that they choose the more tangible benefit, which is hospital cover where you can claim and claim on a more regular basis. Um, and we find that it's customers with a larger share of wallet um, that also then would take the life cover, uh, which would pay out uh, when they have passed away. Device insurance um, is uh, a nuance. So what we see within MTN um, in a market like South Africa, which is obviously uh, quite mature from an insurance point of view, you've got a good penetration rate of mobile handsets, um, also in terms of smartphone uh, penetration rates. So customers tend to uh, want to insure their uh, mobile device if it's a expensive smartphone. And there you see very good uh, penetration rate. Um, in the other markets, um, there it becomes very tricky. So what we're still trying to solve for in some of the other African markets is the infrastructure in order to support a, a comprehensive device insurance uh, portfolio. Um, so there we'll uh, look at variations to um, the benefit cover where you, for example, will only do screen cover protection um, if it's a market with a very high feature phone. Uh, mark, um, feature phone penetration, maybe you won't do as much uh, device insurance because customers wouldn't necessarily want to insure a feature phone. Um, so a lot of what we try and match and follow is also where different markets are in terms of their own maturity. Um, what is MTN's, let's say, uh, presence in that market, um, their subscriber numbers, how many of them have access to smartphones, what is the average spend within the MTN ecosystem. Those are kind of constraints around which we also operate, given that we target um, MTN customers. Um, and within those constraints, we then decide for a particular market, what is the best route to go? Is it a hospital benefit? Is it a device insurance benefit? What do we lead with as our kind of lead product um, and then the plan is to follow with other products over time and supplement those and have a wider financial services offering. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, our strategy primarily is to target the irregular income earner, the low income earner, because that's those are the individuals who don't have access to insurance at the moment in a traditional insurance model. Um, but going that route also has its limitations. We are uh, dealing the challenge of limited share of wallet um, not necessarily regular income for individuals. And so we have to be very careful not just to dump products on our customers. Um, it's got to be something that they really want, desire, and would be of value to them. Maybe on a practical level, you could also just run us through um, how it actually ties in uh, to the mobile money offering, right? Do I have to be an MTN mobile money, I guess, customer? You know, do I have to have a wallet? Are the, you know, premiums or whatever is being deducted from me coming out of, you know, mobile money? Like, how does that work on a practical level? What we've decided to do is is to intentionally insert ourselves in the um, MTN subscriber journeys, whether it's on airtime or mobile money. Um, so what happens in practice is when a customer, um, let's say it's a prepaid customer, they um, want to recharge for airtime. Every time they purchase airtime, we actually try and insert ourselves in those customer journeys, engage with them, uh, try and offer um, and promote the insurance products. If they choose um, our airtime um, hospital or life product, uh, we immediately um, in near real time deduct the premium from that airtime wallet. And the cover amount that they get would be a multiple of that airtime purchase amount um, that they've done. Um, and then they can choose, because um, typically customers would recharge more than once 
a week or more than once a month. Um, every time they do it, they can choose whether to take a micro policy and then they can uh, buy multiple policies over the course of the month. Um, the terms of the policies differ between one month or three months. Uh, we've got some running for longer periods, uh, but that creates a very flexible model. Um, coming to the mobile money side, it's a very similar model. So uh, from a mobile money perspective, the use case is different. So there it's not just about recharging airtime. Um, there it's about sending money from one individual to another. Maybe it's a family member in a rural area. It could be a small business owner who's paying for uh, the goods that they've ordered that they're going to onwards resell. It could also be like we see in many markets where there's good mobile money penetration. They use mobile money to pay utilities um, and other bills, school fees, etc. So their products are designed around, again, that particular behavior of the customer. Every time they send mobile money, they can choose to have a multiple of that um, remittance, amount, remittance amount as the insurance cover. And then we deduct the insurance premium again as a single premium upfront from that mobile money wallet. Uh, from a claims payment perspective, um, it's slightly different. We do all our claims payment into uh, mobile money wallets. There are some technical restrictions as to why we can't do that um, into an airtime wallet. Um, so specifically to your question, we then need to engage customers to sign up for mobile money. We'll pay it into a mobile money account. Um, if they don't want to, then we'll look at alternative arrangements whereby they can encash it through a different mechanism. Uh, but the idea is to make it as quick, as efficient as possible uh, to get a claims payment out to the customer. And we find mobile money to be very effective because then it's already um, in that wallet and they can transact with it and use it. Um, or if it's the beneficiary, obviously inherits it after a life claim, um, they've got it immediately available in order to transact. And that's where the power of the model sits, is that kind of near real-time um, engagement and experience with the model. It certainly sounds like, uh, you know, there's a lot going on. And um, I think the business model, you know, certainly, you know, does uh, make sense, you know, owing to some of the uh, restrictions um, and penetration um, limits that people have in other parts um, of the continent. And I think it also then lends itself, you know, to that issue of also being a cash business, right? You know, in, in almost near real time, like what you said, you're able to, you know, deduct and all of that stuff. So, you know, from a liquidity point of view, you know, it certainly makes sense. Um, now, now, one of the big things that's now happening is that as part of your expansion, you know, you're now getting into um, Cameroon, Nigeria, and uh, South Africa, you know, from what I understand. And when you look at Nigeria and South Africa, these are two of MTN's biggest markets, right? Um, why didn't we go for the... I'm trying to remember uh, about 100 million, you know, uh, subscribers, you know, first... Um, you know, be, or or did you use some of the smaller territories as a way to sort of test uh, the business model? It was probably a combination of both. So I think, firstly, from an MTN perspective, you know, the tagline to have a modern, connected life. Um, it was important for them to, in terms of financial inclusion focus on the markets where people don't have access to insurance. So in your larger markets like South Africa, people have access to insurance, generally speaking. And so it was a principal decision. Let's focus on some of the markets where it does have low insurance penetration and see if we can make a difference in terms of financial inclusion. Um, 
So I think that was um, an important factor. But then also to your point, it does make sense with a new venture like that. If you take a step back, you want to test the use case. You want to make sure that um, it can work across different markets. So it's no use you start in South Africa. It works here because you've got a high level of general awareness about insurance. Um, but then you haven't really tested whether or not you can do it in a market where there's low insurance penetration. So it was an intentional strategy for those two reasons to focus on um, some of the smaller markets. So we picked Ghana because it had average insurance awareness. We picked um, Zambia and Uganda, lower penetration rates. Uh, we wanted to pick a West African market, see uh, what the experience is there. And uh, now that we've got more comfort about the um, the model, um, all the technical challenges, the regulatory challenges that come with the model, uh, we're comfortable that we can target the larger opcos. They are different. So, I mean, strategically, yes, it makes sense. Go for the larger um, MTN markets. But again, the dynamics between South Africa and Nigeria is different. Um, the behaviors are different. The penetration rate, for example, on mobile money between South Africa and Nigeria is very different. Um, so we are hoping that we'll be able to uh, build propositions for um, those two large opcos um, and have a valuable proposition, I guess, um, I mean, our strategy there would be, given that they are more established markets, definitely South Africa, we'll still be looking to disrupt where we believe customers are getting poor value. So mm. quick areas might be, you know, South Africa, we still have a large population of irregular income earners, self-employed individuals. Um, you can't have a traditional insurance model where you aim to deduct, you know, a monthly premium by debit order. Um, it doesn't work for that uh, population and segment. So we'll definitely be looking at, a, at the regular income earner, giving them a proposition because that's what we've built in other markets and, it's, and it works. We'll be looking at things like the funeral industry. Um, our assessment is there are still exorbitant profit margins being made out of funeral um, in South Africa. <laughs> and the average premium that customers are paying, in our view, there is definitely room to offer a better value for money. And the benefit that we would have through the MTA network is given the strength of the brand, um, given the um, distribution uh, footprint that it already has, uh, the large number of customers, uh, we should be able to have a proposition that offers better value for money to customers in an SA context. Um, Nigeria, they're very different. Um, I mean, you would have seen in the press, uh, they've recently got provisional approval for a banking license. And there we're hoping that given the dominance of mobile money, uh, we hope that we would be able to offer a mobile money specific offering in the Nigeria market. There's still many uh, steps we have to go through from a regulatory point of view and structuring point of view uh, to get that done. Uh, but our hope is certainly to have valuable propositions in those two markets. That doesn't mean we're not going to focus on the smaller opcos. So uh, to your example, we'll focus on Cameroon. Uh, we want to focus on some of the other MTN opcos um, and we'll continue to expand. Um, I guess our challenge as a management team is uh, there's so many countries and so many options. We've got to tactically make sure we pick the right one at the right time. Um, each MTN opco has got its own strategic priorities as well. Um, so yeah, it's really an exciting um, opportunity and ultimately it is about, um, and I guess to the business model comment, the big challenge here is we're trying to build the single platform model across all the countries. Um, that's going to be unique, I guess, in a global sense for a micro insurance model, but we have to go that route in order to make the economics work. You want a low cost per policy model. You want to assist customers with low premium propositions. Um, so what we're doing is 
to some extent experimental, uh, very exciting, but we believe from a purpose point of view, um, there is an opportunity. It is going to make a difference in customers' lives and uh, we're prepared to give it a, a proper go uh, to make it work. Now, certainly the South Africa one is going to be quite interesting to watch. I think for a lot of people, we've seen what happened on the mobile money side, high rates of, uh, you know, um, inclusion on the banking side, sort of leading to some waning uh, on the uh, mobile money side. But MTN seems to have, you know, come through with a different strategy this time around, you know, on that front. So it would be very interesting to see um, how you guys are able to tackle, you know, this market particularly, um, you know, where there is such high awareness and you've got such big players um, that do exist in this market. And maybe, you know, before we round up the discussion, you know, we can spend a moment or two uh, exploring that bit because, you know, when we talk about insurance, there's a lot of different types of insurance. I mean, just in this discussion alone, we've spoken about uh, hospital, we've spoken about device care, um, we've spoken about the possible opportunity that lies in, you know, funeral insurance, that type of thing. But when we say uh, micro insurance, you know, just that word of, you know, micro insurance, how does it, I guess, specifically differ? You know, are we saying that the old mutuals, the sunlums of this world can't offer, you know, uh, the the smaller amounts? Um, You know, how do you, I guess, how do you guys think around that term of micro insurance? So the the key challenge for traditional insurance players are the upfront cost of acquisition and the maintenance cost per policy. So you typically um, have either physical distribution, which is expensive, or you engage um, brokers or um, you appoint your own agents to go and distribute the insurance products and engage with customers. So they are very expensive channels. And what that means is, to some extent, you are limited in terms of a minimum premium amount that you need to charge in order to get your economics right and make uh, money out of it um, at the end of the day because you spend most of your money up front and then you collect your premium per month over time and you hope the customer doesn't lapse and I mean uh, and that's the key thing we've seen with COVID (laughs) I mean when it comes to immediate needs and individuals have to make trade-offs people choose um, food on the table petrol all of those kind of things and they'll and they'll lapse their insurance policies and and I think those trade-offs are real and they're right and we shouldn't be afraid to to admit us the insurance industry um, ultimately those are important trade-offs for people to make. So what makes microinsurance different is it is a model where you are trying to then target um, the very low income earners or a very low premium proposition. Um, typically, that means a larger reliance on digital distribution channels or fully end-to-end engagement via digital. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean it happens in practice. I mean, we've got to be real. Customers still prefer an element of face-to-face engagement. There's always trust if it's a individual that they can speak to or know where to go and submit a claim. So you've got to be very careful in microinsurance that you don't um, increase your physical distribution costs too high. And so we do talk typically about omni-channel kind of strategies, but you want to design something where you can reduce that upfront acquisition cost. And so you've got a heavy reliance on digital um, and your maintenance cost per policy must also be low. So you're looking for scale. The benefit that we have in our relationship with MTN as a mobile network provider is the large uh, 
base um, that you can access relative to if you don't have access to the base. Obviously, there's uh, strength in the brand itself, uh, but then also the technologies. So if you look at the ability to collect premium via airtime, the ability to collect premium via mobile money, those things don't happen in the traditional banking sector space on the payments landscape. So we're trying to play around with MTN's capabilities that they offer, uh, like airtime and mobile money. We try and leverage the channels that they've developed. So take USSD as a dominant channel. It remains um, really low cost in many instances free for a customer to engage with if it's a zero-rated um, USSD service. Um, the web apps obviously will become more prevalent as uh, smartphone penetration rates increase, uh, but you've got a package of capabilities that really allows you to lower that cost of acquisition, lower your cost of maintenance, um, and that means that you can actually offer a proper value proposition for irregular income earners who don't earn a lot or have low available disposable income um, and make them part of the formalized insurance industry. Um, and that's where the power sits um, in the model. Uh, no, it certainly sounds like, um, you know, there's been a lot of thought around it and it will be interesting to see how, um, everything grows, especially because this does seem to be, um, a part of the market that mobile operators specifically, uh, are looking to capitalize on because it certainly makes sense. You guys have, you know, you've got built in scale, you know, before we even go anywhere. Um, there's, uh, you know, there's over 200 million people using, you know, MTN services on the continent so you know using that existing distribution channel um, certainly lends itself to what you're talking about the cost of acquisition becomes lower because you're using an existing uh, you know distribution channel and when you look at the competitive landscape um, you know Vodacom in South Africa seems to be quite serious about its insurance business and uh, MTN has been exploring this for a couple of years now I remember um, some signings with uh, the the likes of Sunlam and AO in particular was uh, a joint venture with, um, you know, with Momentum. Um, anything you can tell us because uh, we know that Momentum has sold out of um, AO. Anything that you can just tell us just around how, you know, that situation is moving forward? Yeah, so it's obviously for the shareholder to answer, but I mean, from our perspective, it is important that we have a solid um, underwriting partner across the um, African continent. Um, the um, exit from uh, momentum um, was for various reasons. Uh, what we're looking at at the moment is negotiating with a provider that is in more countries in Africa, and they've got good um let's say penetration rates in the insurance industry in that local market, they've got solid management teams on the ground um, so that when we engage with them, you're also dealing with a counterpart that's equally passionate about financial inclusion and can assist us with a lot of the compliance, regulatory, et cetera, processes. So discussions are um, well advanced, uh, but you're going to have to uh, ask Marshall the, the difficult questions if you want more detail on that. <laughs> No, 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 certainly. And I think uh, maybe a place that we could end today's discussion is that um, you guys are coming into um, expanding into South Africa. A bit ironic simply because of that relationship, you know, with MTN to say that, you know, you're here, but you started out there. Now you're sort of, uh, you know, coming into this market. So as we end off, um, you're coming into a market where there's another company called AO. 
right? How how do you guys, um, you know, think of navigating that aspect? You know, particularly um, given uh, some of the controversy that has surrounded uh, the other company that has a similar name. So I'm assuming you're referring to IR Technologies. I think the first thing to mention yes. is we've got no association with them. The reason um, the IO brand was picked uh, when we started the IO venture, um, the, the word or term IO comes from the West African region, um, uh, and it means to bring joy or happiness. And we wanted to create an insurance brand um, that is non-traditional. Um, that really celebrates what life is all about and can assist uh, customers when they do become vulnerable due to stress events. And if you think about MTN's historic campaigns, I mean, they, their app's called um, Ayoba. Um, they've run summer campaigns, historically called Ayoba summer campaigns. So there's a strong association with um, the term Ayoba in terms of MTN's history. Um, it's unfortunate that we have um, this negative association. Um, I guess one way to look at it is um, our customers in the other markets obviously aren't aware of it as an issue at all. Um, it's only an issue for the investor market, really. Um, it doesn't impact us because um, MTN currently is a 100% shareholder, so the, it isn't an investor market issue for us. Um, what we're trying to do is just to clearly differentiate ourselves in terms of our PR strategy, marketing strategy, all of that. So when we do get to the um, SA market launch for IO, um, we'll clearly follow a different strategy just to make sure that there isn't any brand confusion um, with that other company. Uh, but yeah, at the end of the day, we've just got to make sure that we build our brand. We become known as the largest insure tech provider in Africa um, and help people understand why we've picked the t uh, term IO, uh, what its heritage is, and we remain proud of it. We're not going to shy away from using the term. No, certainly. So that was us. we talking to Marius Botha, who is the CEO uh, of uh, IO Holdings, which is um, MTN's insurance uh, technology unit, um, giving us some insight into the state of their business. Uh, they've recently crossed uh, 15 million, um, 15 million people that are now signed up to the service. Um, he's just explaining the fact that because it is a subscription model, uh, there tends to be the big focus is more on the active base. Um, you know, because that's what's actually happening. You know, quite an interesting business model using um, airtime and people's, you know, mobile mobile wallets um, as a way to, you know, pay for uh, some of these services. And he's just uh, highlighting as well that uh, they chose to go into, um, you know, a mix of countries, you know, such as such as Ghana, such as uh, such as Zambia, you know, just to test out um, what uh, the state of their of their business model would actually be, you know, countries that have very low insurance penetration and some that had, you know, moderate levels just so that they could see how that is going. And now they're going to be um, coming to attack uh, two of their biggest markets, that is South Africa and Nigeria, um, just looking at different ways in which they can do that. And he's saying that at least in the South African context, um, you know, there's a lot of opportunity, though mature, uh, there is a lot of opportunity, particularly um, around places where you can deliver a little 
little bit more value uh, to the customer, you know, compared to what's already um, what's already existing. So, you know, very interesting discussion and also just ending off uh, talking about, uh, you know, their thoughts just around how uh, they're going to be branding themselves um, in the local market, given uh, the fact that there is a similarly named company on the other side. Marius, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. It was great chatting to you. This is The growing fintech market in Africa is certainly something that's been quite interesting to see develop um, over the last uh, couple of years. You know, mobile money uh, really seemed like it was ahead of its time. Even uh, more developed parts of the world uh, still marvel at, you know, what um, mobile operators have been able to do um, on the African continent in terms of uh, the mobile wallets. So really great to see, you know, some of that innovation and things like fintech have allowed telecoms companies um, to be able to carve out pieces of growth uh, for themselves in what is seen as traditionally a very mature market um, around the world. When one thinks about the likes of, uh, you know, Orange, um, the likes of AT&T, um, you know, some of the big ones, uh, British Telecom, etc. The traditional telecoms business, um, you know, is very mature. It does bring in cash, uh, but it's not really there for growth so some of these new areas is very it's very cool to see so you know just adding the different stacks and layers um to that uh, fintech puzzle um really goes to show just how much innovation is happening in the space and also at the same time just how much um we continue talking about how uh, banks are trying to be like telecoms companies and telecoms companies are trying to be like banks and all of these different um all of these different services uh, that are being launched sort of you know add themselves um to that uh, to that general discussion so it would be great to see how everything develops in the rest of africa it's easy to see uh just how they've been able to gain um you know all of this growth uh but for the South African and Nigerian markets, it's going to be quite interesting to see how they navigate, you know, those two markets, especially um, given how different uh, those two markets are, because if they're able to tackle those two markets, then um, they'll be really able to accelerate, um, you know, some of, uh, you know, some of their growth. Um, yeah, because uh, I think, as I said, the last time I had spoken to, uh, to Marius, uh, that was in January last year, um, he mentioned the fact that they had just crossed 10 million and right now if they are at 15 that's a growth of 50 percent if they're able to tackle these two really big markets south africa and nigeria what is that going to look like in terms uh, of the growth and also um how are competitors going to be you know responding to some of these things because um in the local market vodacom has really been the big player when it comes to insurance uh, that's coming out from a mobile operator operator so you know just coming out with ao in the in the south african market what is that going to do um you know to consumer pricing to you know competing with some of the bigger players are the bigger players even uh, competition at this point given uh, some of the constraints that marius um, was actually talking about um, in that discussion we wait to see
And that's been it for this edition of the Business Day Spotlight. Remember that you can find our latest podcast on Business Live. That's under the podcast Business Day Spotlight tab on Twitter. We're hashtag BD Spotlight. And remember that you can review and subscribe for free on iono.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or wherever you choose to get your pods casted. Thank you to our amazing team. Our producer is Paige Muller. I've been Mudiwa Gavaza of the Business Day and Financial Mail. And this has been another edition of the Business Day Spotlight which is a multimedia live production. So for myself and the rest of the team, it is a good evening, good afternoon, and good morning.